What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. We will let down our inner circle to say yes and to not let down people that we don't even know. I don't know what that is about our culture. And I think it's, it's hard to turn down money. And it, there's, I think there's this whole model of scarcity versus abundance. But once you just like lean into abundance and you prioritize and you even like take pictures of and hang them up of what your priorities are, you write them down and you say yes to those things, it changes your life. I wish I'd known that sooner because I said yes to everything when my kids were little. And I grew my business and I made a ton of money and I missed a lot of nights with them. And I was stressed. I was like so stressed. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, life is so peaceful now. And I'm a, like a fun, nice mom. I don't think my kids even realize I have a job and I, I work really hard and I create a lot of content, but I'm not stressed doing it. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, Having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm super excited to dive into today's conversation with Deanne Bowl. Deanne graduated with a master's degree in education, but it wasn't until her son was born she moved to the Caribbean that she picked up a camera and never looked back. Today, she runs a successful photography boutique specializing in newborn child and family photography. She teaches around the country, leads photography retreats and workshops, is an instructor at Click Photo School, a mentor at Click Community, 
has spoken at Imaging, ClickAway, and has won several photography awards, including the Voice Award and Pro Prince Billboard Award. If you guys are not already following Smitten and Spoon on Instagram, you have to go find her and check her out because her work is stunning, especially her use of light. So without further ado, here is Deanne. Welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for that nice introduction. So tell us who you are and what you are passionate about. So I am a photographer, a mom, a former teacher of little kids, and now a teacher of photographers. And I love light. Light is what drew me into photography in the first place. And It's really the challenge of light and the challenge of photography that has really kept me interested and kept me here and kept me wanting to learn. It's such a multifaceted career and art that I feel like there's just always so much more to learn and it's what really keeps me here. I love that. Well, I love following you and I love following you, especially on Instagram, because you always share these super interesting behind the scenes, typically sharing some form of studio light because I am a studio light nerd myself. I absolutely love my lights, but you've been sh- shooting with pro photo. Is that right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about those because I'm so close to pulling the trigger on buying myself a new lighting kit, especially something that's mobile. And so tell me about your experience with pro photo. And maybe if someone is maybe just getting started with studio lighting, where they would want to look at maybe the one that you would recommend. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? Do we I know, have right? a few hours? Lisa, yeah. that was 25 questions. <laughs> no, it was great. I love it. There's just so much to talk about with this. Okay. I had a Westcott light that was continuous. That was my very first studio light, but I didn't really have a deep understanding of light back then when I was using it. So once I had a really deep understanding of light was when I kind of consider that's when I got my first light and it was the Profoto B10. And having a deep understanding of light when I got that light really gave me an aha the moment that I fired it. I just like got it out of the box and turned it on and put it behind my subject and fired it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just like having the sun wherever I want it. And then I popped it. I got a modifier and I popped a modifier on. And I was like, it's like, I have North facing window light. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the Profoto system is incredible because the batteries last forever. You can take, I can do a whole shoot on location outside using high speed sync, which takes more battery on one battery. So I always have extra batteries packed, but I never really need them in the middle of a shoot. They're so intuitive. They're just three buttons. It's just, they're really powerful. They're small for their power and you can take them with you. And the new A A series, they have this soda can size. It's like the size of my teacup. It's literally this size and I use it all the time. I now have a bunch of them and I use all of them and there's all these different modifiers you can click on, but the battery again lasts forever. You can take them everywhere and you just can make the light that you want. So instead of waiting for golden hour to get backlight or instead of waiting for like the afternoon when you know the light's going to spill through the window in a certain way, you can just make it. And so it's amazing. It's kind of like magic. I love it. So I love sharing it. I'm really, I really love light. It Again, it's like, it's what brought me to photography. And so I feel like sharing it with others because I think off camera flash can feel really daunting. So I feel like I just, I love sharing it with others and showing others what can be done just really easily. I love that. Well, so what I love, I have been a Paul Buff user for like the past 12 years. I've got like all the, all the things, right? And I've had the Vega Bond, but it's never been like my love and mine actually just died. And they're like, actually, you have to replace it now. And I was like, really? 
So now I'm like, well, I've been seeing all your posts and I'm like, oh, I think this girl's going to be going shopping. So oh, <laughs> I want yeah. someone to play with on location. Yeah, I have a um, I have a link in my bio of my Instagram. If you click the link in my bio, it a few things pull up, and one thing is uh, my lighting kit, so that you can click there, and then there's a link to get everything. But the the new A2 with all the click modifiers are so fun. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I love it. I'm definitely going to check that out and we will make sure to include all that info in the show notes as well for our listeners. Perfect. So I want to hear a little bit about moving to the Caribbean and becoming a photographer. So can you share a little bit about your journey with that? Sure. So I was a teacher and I taught fifth grade and I loved that job with all my heart. It was really what I felt like I was put on the earth to do. I wanted to be a teacher my entire life. And I just felt like all my dreams came true to have a classroom of my own. And it was sparkly and there were plants and there was a a pond with koi fish and lights everywhere. It was just like, it was the most beautiful space. And I loved the children that I taught. And my husband was applying to vet school and he was applying to several, but he got into one in the Caribbean and he's a surfer and he's always kind of had this, he's had a little wild dream to to travel. Like he didn't want to, he wasn't ready to grow roots. I was ready to grow roots and have my classroom. But he wasn't, and so, um, and he wanted to be a veterinarian. And so for him, it was like two dreams at once, three dreams at once. He could travel, he could surf, and he could become a vet. And I was pregnant, and he said, yeah, he accepted. And so our son was born, and four weeks later, he moved to the Caribbean. And then I had to wait another four weeks till my son Calvin was old enough to fly there. And we moved there, and so I left the classroom. And my Andrew, my husband's parents, had given me a camera for Christmas the year before, and I brought that with me and it was just like me and my son. And there's, this was a, it's a developing island. And so there wasn't really, there was, there's no like mom and me yoga class. There's no like safe walk to take. There's no library. You know, there was just me and my son in our little house and we'd go to the beach and I'd wrap him in mosquito netting or, you know, and as he got older, I just started taking pictures of him and it evolved so, like so many of us moms into a business. So by the time my husband was done with vet school, my daughter had been born and I was starting to take clients. It's so fun. And honestly, actually, that brings me to my next point because I am a lifetime learner and I actually just got your new course for the love of light. And I really love your analogy on editing a soup. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that analogy with our listeners? Sure. So I, I talk in that video about how when I was in college, I always liked to cook. But you know, when you're in college, it's like your first time where you're for some of us, for lots of us, where you're like making all your own meals. And I got a Barefoot Contessa, an Ina Garden cookbook, and I cooked my way through every single recipe in the book. And then I got another one and I just like, I cooked all her recipes. She really taught me how to really cook well. And the thing that I realized was when you're looking at like a pan of soup, or sorry, a pan and wondering how to make all these vegetables turn into soup, how there is like a, there's a method for what she does. You know, she starts with olive oil and butter and then she adds in onions and then, and then more flavors and vegetables and then the broth and, and there's a method for what she does and it's repeated throughout. And then you get another cook and their cookbook and you see, they might do something a little bit different, but they still have a very similar method. And I kind of, I remember when I was looking at Photoshop for the first time, just being like, what in the world? How does anyone even know where to start? Or Lightroom? Like, where do you even start? What do you even know to do? How does anyone know to do anything right. in this? It's, it's really overwhelming. It's like, kind of like another color. language. <laughs> like, right. 
What is selective car? <laughs> the curse <laughs> Right. Color grading? Why do we have to learn this? Why can't we just like apply a preset? Yeah. But now that I've, you know, I'm like fluent in these in these software programs, I've realized that it is a lot like making soup. Like you start with something like skin softening or cleaning up the image first and then skin softening and then you maybe apply some warmth and then you do contrast. So there's a real method to it where it doesn't have to be so overwhelming and like every chef kind of has a different way that they go about making soup. Artists do too. We might, you know, we might not all do it the same, but there can be a method and most artists will have a method for how they do things. I love that because that was something that I've noticed over, oh gosh, probably the last five years or so. Cause I'm always, I'm always like buying a new editing course or, and it's like finding what everyone is in like their initial recipe. It was like, do they do the backdrop first? Yeah. Do they work on the skin? Like do they dodge and burn? Like, do they like, I want to know everything because, but then what happens is I stop thinking for myself. I forget that I'm like, and I start to try to piece everyone else's recipes and I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down, go within. What's your recipe? What's your recipe? Right. Remember your recipe. <laughs> totally. And I think it takes learning other recipes for a long time until you really understand what they're doing. Yeah. And when you have a deep understanding for what they're doing, then you can make your own. It's just like cooking. Like once I know what like putting ginger and garlic does and turmeric and cumin, like, I, you know, that's for something that's not like an Italian soup. That's for like a, a curry or something. It's this. It's the same way with photography. And I just think a cooking analogy is nice because we all have a relationship with food in some way, whether we cook or not. So we all kind of understand the kitchen and the oven and the stovetop. So I love it. I grew up in a family where we didn't, We ha- my parents don't follow recipes. My dad, like they will, they are so creative in the kitchen and they can make a meal literally out of anything. And so I kind of grew up with having this no fear in the kitchen which is funny because when it comes to pulling up an image in Photoshop, I get the fear comes up and I'm trying to approach it in the same way I would approach making something in the kitchen. Like the worst case scenario is I'm going to make a really bad salmon curry and I'm going to throw it in the garbage and I'm going to order pizza. Like that's like the worst thing. So I have to remind myself to not take it so seriously and to remember to enjoy it and play. Right. Cause it's art. And there's, yeah, there is so much freedom. And I, I learned that same lesson when we moved to the Caribbean, there would often be weeks where there wouldn't, the, they were, there were so many weeks, there were months of this, where there would, the boats would go on strike that would deliver food to the islands. There would be whole weeks where there was no new food and the grocery stores would have like a soggy eggplant. That was all that would be in produce. I took pictures. Like there would be an eggplant in the produce section and no, like no milk. And I'm like trying to raise a kid. And I loved to cook at this point. And I was from Boulder, Colorado, like a, a natural organic hippie town and used to my, you know, like organic food. And so I learned to make do with an eggplant. And and I, that was really where I was able to apply some freedom with cooking. This is not a cooking show, but... I know, right? This is, it's art and soul, right? And <laughs> but <food>. they apply. <laughs> yeah, totally. They apply. So if we take that back to photography, I love... So I used to use like recipes, like what other photographers would do and what I'd see them doing and buy presets and actions from them. And then as I've evolved, I really like to do my own homemade edits. I don't like to buy actions or presets or or overlays from others. I really like to make and create my own. So it's a completely homemade image. 
we're cut from the same cloth and the same, yeah. like shooting my own skies. Like I'm just like, yeah. Oh, totally. Right. Like, yeah, there's just something when it, when it feels homemade and even like, I don't know if you've played at all with the AI that's happening and seen that in the industry, but it's really, it's interesting. Like there's a lot of different views on it, but I have done some playing with it and I'm like, I could see how this could be a part of a recipe, but not like the whole ingredient. Like what if you just yeah. took little pieces and then made your art on top of that? Gosh, I, we, you and I feel like we could talk about this for the rest of the time. <laughs> I am so, I am so not even torn. I feel like I, I wish I was more torn about AI. I feel so resistant to it. I feel like my husband was telling me about it. He was writing a newsletter for his vet practice and he wanted, he, it's like heartworm time. So, you know, and pets are needing to get heartworm. And he w- he was like, I should write, I'm going to write an article on heartworm prevention. And he went into um, chat GPT. Chat GBT. And mm-hmm. he was like, write me a 300 page article on heartworm prevention. And it did in, in 30 seconds. And then he said, now make it, in, make it a little funny. And it made it a little funny. And he said, now make it in the Hunter Hunter Thompson style and make it old English. And in five seconds, it came up with this. And so he he actually wrote a newsletter about what does this mean for all of the industries? But as he was telling me about this, I just felt like, what a blow. Like, what is going to happen to photography? And why even look for pretty things? Like, why a field of flowers in backlight isn't going to mean as much because Anyone can just sit on their computer and type in a few words and something more beautiful could will come up. So I don't know what's going to happen, especially with the photography industry. Yeah, I find it's, it's really fascinating because I can see it really going either way. Like it's like either you adapt and you adopt, but like what does that do to creativity? I know. And that's like, I have so many, I have so many questions around it. And even like, cause I've used chat GBT, GBT and I'm like curious about it. Right. But I'm like, I think this would be a great tool used as a, like a base. Uh-huh. And then you build and you add your own stories yeah. and your personal right. experiences and yeah. like your own heart and like, right. like, like you would do in photography. Like, I don't think you can AI your heart. Totally. And you can't AI moments. No. And that, and that is something that does give me some reassurance. You can't fake a moment. You can't create that. So I just feel like it's going, it's going to go so fast and I feel like it needs some incubation time to make sure it's safe and for kids in school and writing papers and stuff. I was a lit major. So think about all the papers I wrote that can now just be written. Just in 30 seconds. I know it's just, it's mind boggling. And even I hope it's like kind of like Bitcoin. Like I don't really hear anything about Bitcoin now. I don't know if it's still a thing. So forgive me if you guys are, if listeners are like Bitcoin people and like, I don't know. I, I, no one talks about Bitcoin. So I'm hoping that maybe it's just like Bitcoin. (laughs) I know. I hope it is too, but I don't think it is, Lisa. I don't know. I really don't. I hope it's not how computers take over the world. I think it's an exponential fire. I think it's gonna, I think it's something that's really Right. And even just even being able to tell like what's original, what is original, what's originality? Like, because you put a a prompt into a AI software, does that mean it's original? Who owns the the content? Right. Totally. And then when you're reading a book, how do you know that the author didn't write it from chat GPT? And maybe it's a great bestseller, but I don't know. I don't know. There's like an emptiness to it. Right. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll be interesting. I know. Wow, we went on a tangent there. I love it. I know. Sorry. 
Now, one of the first videos I watched from your course was one of your daughter in a boat at sunrise. Now, can you share a little bit on the importance of personal projects, especially when it comes to our creativity? Yes. So I, first of all, I'm just so thankful that my daughter is willing and happy to be my muse and my son will too. My work is just very feminine. So it's, it often lands on my daughter, but I, I love when I have an idea that is kind of pushing out of my comfort zone or something that like an image that I want to create to print that can serve as a reminder for where I want to go or what I want more of in my life and making that image happen. And I feel like the most growth that has happened with me has come from personal projects where I have challenged myself to do something on my own that is outside of a you know client's expectations. That's just one image. And it's so nice to also just shoot one for one image sometimes. So I don't know if I answered your question very well, but but I rely on personal projects to push me creatively and to um, also remind me of where I want to be and what my priorities are. I love that. For me, personal projects, I get overwhelmed and I get almost like in this hamster wheel of busy, 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 and I start to get sad. And it's not that I suffer from depression per se. It's just that I feel, I guess, creative stagnation. And that really is not a good place for me to be in. And so this past year, I started doing personal projects where I am photographing myself. And part of the reason that came was because every time I would do a model Carl and do a personal project, I would take forever to edit and it would make me feel bad. Like I was now, they're waiting for me and that now it's no longer for me. It's now for them. And that wasn't the purpose of doing the personal project in the first place. And now everything feels crappy because now I feel like I owe them, like I owe my clients and it's, it's creativity on demand, not because I'm creating from my heart. Which was the reason you wanted to do it. Yeah. So when I made myself the model, it's been really transformative on just like, it can be a month or two and I haven't done one. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go down and I'm going to make a piece of art today. And I'm the subject and I might not edit it for two months and that's fine. But I think that it's so important that we remember to create for ourselves. Oh my gosh. It's everything. And I think also it is the... I, Lindsay Adler did a keynote speak at uh, Click Away last year, and one of the one of the really things that I loved that she said was that she used for a long time. I don't know if she still does, but Sundays as her personal project day, and she would just kind of research and think about it throughout the week, plan ahead of time, and then she'd get a shot that she wanted to shoot like on Sundays. And I have I'm not that disciplined with it because I. Like you, I, just, I have so many forks <laughs> in the fire. Yeah, I have so many things. And sometimes I really need to honor just like that it's Sunday and I need to rest. But that has, those personal projects, I just love them. They help me. They push me. They help me try new lighting. They help me try all kinds of new things. And I can, I feel like I can speak from my heart, especially when it's like a self-portrait or if it's with one of my family members, it's really can be heart-centered. Yeah, I love that. Well, you did a really neat one with your, I think it was your mom and your daughter and the knitting and the pups. And that was such a cool one too. And you shared that in the, in the course as well. I love that. Yeah. We were all sitting there knitting and my mom was like, I'd love a picture of three generations knitting. And I was like, well, 
I can make that happen. <laughs> like, I know the girl to do that. I've got you. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do this right now. Do you really want that? Are you sure? Because <laughs> now you're getting it. I know, right? It, well, it's funny because you have the, the Cam Ranger. Is that right? The yeah. Cameron Mini. Uh-huh. I actually bought that because I to do my self portrait because I saw you use it and I was like, ooh, I need this. This is like way better Game than changer. running back and forth. Like huge, Game huge. Changer. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that because it helped me so much. <laughs> yeah. Now you can just like dial everything in and then on your phone. Yeah, on your phone. And then you can stuff your phone in your pocket or just pop it on a chair nearby. And you can change the like white balance. You can change all the settings and then you can have it go to a timer. My Nikon gear will only let me take 10 frames when I'm using the timer, but this will let you take a hundred and I mean, as many as you want, I'll do 10 because I don't like to call that many, but, or maybe sometimes I'll do 15. Then you can tell it how long you want them apart. It's amazing. I love it. I love that you're Nikon too. <laughs> yeah, you are. Which one do you have? What do you have? I've got the Z7 II and it's funny because I was shooting, I ha- I've been shooting the D, oh gosh, the D5? Mm-hmm. for like eons. And yeah. so I bought this, the Z7 II and I am such a slow adopter of mirrorless. Like it is a huge adjustment for me. Like I, yeah, the size alone is, is a lot different, right? The, I, I have the Z9, which is the same size. I had, I bought the battery grip, so it felt bigger. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, if you want to lose a lot of money from your wallet, uh, the Z9 is, um, it's kind of their, it's their flagship right now. And it's yeah. as big as like the D8, it's as big as the D5. And it, it kind of looks like it has a battery pack, but it doesn't. And the battery's giant, but it's incredible. Is I it? love it. I've never okay. loved a camera so much. I love it. Well, it's been about three years since I upgraded. So my okay, <laughs> You need some pro photos new lights, Z9. Sponsorship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. No, but totally. Yeah. Right. You're like, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I love it. So can you maybe share your advice for someone who really is just kind of feeling uninspired, stuck, and just in the monotony of their business, and maybe how you can extract yourself from exhaustion and burnout to get back to creativity? Mm. That's a good one. So this would be for like for the business owner, right? This question? Yeah. Uh, the best piece of advice that I have is to give is something that was really hard for me is saying no. I only do two sessions a week now. I used to do like 10 to 15 in the summer and fall. I also take July and August off because I want to be with my kids. I can't take June off because it's just too pretty. And yeah, I know. And I, I feel like I need a, another pretty month to because Colorado can be so brown and gray. So I do shoot through June, but take less work. Yeah. And I know that's really hard, but your art will be so much better and you will be so much better of a human being. I am like never stressed anymore because I just do two shoots a week and I can totally manage that plus teaching plus my kids plus having friends. And like going to sleep early, which I like to do, you know, I can, yeah, I can manage two clients a week. If I didn't have children and I wasn't teaching, then I could do 10 to 12 clients a week. But if, if you have other forks in the fire and you're wanting to grow in other areas, just do less. I feel like we push ourselves and we grind and we're so scared of saying no to people. And we just say yes to everything. Even the things that don't necessarily spark joy, we find ourselves saying yes. And we're like, why did I say yes to that? I didn't even want to do that, but 
when you do less and you just say yes to the things that like really spark joy in your heart, every, everything about your life is better. And you're, I'm so much more inspired. I'm constantly inspired and I haven't had a, a drought in a long time. And I know I'm sure one is coming, but I think it's because I have room in my life to breathe and I'm not overpacking my schedule. It's so true. For me, I realized that when the pandemic hit and I was still shooting probably 10 to 12 clients, maybe 20 clients a month was what I was averaging and running two companies. And I was so burnt out that when when I finally had to like just slam and hit the wall and then sort of start up again, I was like, I don't know if this is what I want anymore. And it finally gave that space just to have that reflection of going, okay, well, I really do have the opportunity to design the business and life that I want. So we got one shot here on this earth. Am I living it the way I want to be? Absolutely. I think COVID was such a time for people to reassess and reprioritize. And also just to, it's like when you remove sugar from your diet for a while and then you reintroduce it and it's like kind of shocking how how much it affects you. I think that happened with all of us with just kind of unplugging and then realizing that we have a choice about what we say yes to and how much that can really, like you said, impact designing the life that you love and how we can all be obsessed with our lives if we want. We can love our lives. And I think it really is about saying no a lot more than we are trained to do. Yeah. What I found this past fall was actually the first fall I didn't do any fall family sessions. And normally I'm shooting like two to three every night. And so my, my, I don't cook dinner. My family doesn't see me. And so this past year, like my son and my husband were like well-fed. I think we all gained 10 pounds, but we just had so much family time and everybody flourished. And I was like, you know, even though I felt like I was letting so many people down saying no, it was exactly what I needed in my life at that moment. And like, so it had to be a yes. Like you you gotta put your family first, right? Right. It's fascinating that we will, we will let down our inner circle to say yes and to not let down people that we don't even know. I don't know what that is about our culture. And I think it's it's hard to turn down money. And it, there's I think there's this whole model of scarcity versus abundance. But once you just like lean into abundance and you prioritize and you even like take pictures of and hang them up of what your priorities are, you write them down and you say yes to those things, it changes your life. I wish I'd known that sooner because I said yes to everything when my kids were little and I grew my business and I made a ton of money and I missed a lot of nights with them and I was stressed. I was like so stressed. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, life is so peaceful now. And I'm a, like a fun, nice mom. I don't think my kids even realize I have a job and I, I work really hard and I create a lot of content, but I'm not stressed doing it. I'm, I've had the exact same journey and it's just been like, I I want to say like I don't want to say regret but I do have regret. Like I feel like I ha- it's, I don't know if it's mother's guilt or like regret or that I didn't realize how finite the time that we have with our children is in the moment. And I think like because I was working so hard and just trying to like be the best photographer and like and I really achieved a lot of goals and money that I wanted but there was a cost and I didn't see it at the time. And sometimes I do wonder though, if instead, you know, now I would, I would go back and do things differently if I could, but now I can choose. I have clients that wait a year to book me and that pay four and five figures at every session. And 
that did come on the back of all that hard work and all those years that I put in. And so I think there is also value in that and value in our kids seeing that we have to sacrifice to work really hard and look what can happen pretty quickly when you do work pretty hard. Like we still have kids to raise and we've prioritized it, you know, so I do wonder how much. Created some business boundaries, which I think that, you know, you kind of have to go through it to realize it part of the journey. Right? right. And if you have boundaries, really strong boundaries at the beginning, you you might not build your business. You know, you kind of do have to stretch out and then you can scale back. Gosh, good conversation. Okay. So I want to talk about Wacom tablets because I have two Wacom tablets. I have one display Wacom tablet and I still edit on my trackpad oh, with my girl. mouse. So <laughs> I've never learned how to use them properly. So what advice do you have on learning how to use it? So I I can like no actually you know what I'm lying. I have 3 of them and oh I have a gosh. display. Okay. So it, mine's pretty small and it, here's pen and it has this like fancy um fountain pen holder so it's like feels like I'm the only difference between this and a mouse is that if you want to be here I'll show you. Like if you wanted to be um up can you see okay? Yep. So let's say you're, um, this is your picture, this black, the tablet is your picture and you want to be up here with your mouse. Well, with a map or you want to be up here with your cursor with a mouse, you can be up, up on the top of the screen, wherever your mouse is. But with a pen, you can only be at the top when your pen's on top. So it's, it's like a drawing. It's like a piece of paper. So if you want to be down here, there's no dragging. You just draw down here. And if you want to be in the middle, you just touch the middle and I think it takes 20 minutes of just only using your pen, yeah. like do emails and poke around and then you'll get it. Okay. This may sound like this, like the silliest question. Okay. So <laughs> is the pen actually touching the pad or am I hovering yeah. over top of it? Touching it. It's touching okay. it. You're actually drawing on it and the, and it'll get like mine. I probably need to put a new little nib in there because it okay. it'll wear down kind of like a pencil because you're drawing so much and it comes with new little ones to put in. Because I think what's happening is I'm taking mine and I'm actually hovering over top and my hand is getting sore Oh, because I'm just hovering. Oh, like yeah, I'm actually draw not right drawing on right yeah, on, the, like a on the pad. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pro tip. User error. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You draw right on it. Right on it. Okay. I think I've just been afraid to like scratch it or, or I don't know. Oh, so I keep buying another one. You have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm learning how to use it. Okay. Yeah. That makes a huge difference with editing. You can go so much more fine-tuned. Yeah. Right? I'm going to try it. So I think one of the most important things as a creative is maintaining the mindset of always being a learner and that there is always something new to learn. So I have to ask you, what are you interested in learning? Uh, always light. I feel like there's always more to learn with light and more advanced lighting setups, learning how to really like sculpt light and shape it and fine tune it. I let it like wrap around my subject. So oh, I'm always learning light. And I think posing is something that I'm really focusing on a little bit more right now. I know, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years, but I think posing is something that I'm wanting to get a little more fine-tuned with. So those are some things I'm learning right now. I love 
learning and pushing myself to grow. I think that is another thing that really keeps me inspired to keep creating is when I'm challenging myself. Otherwise it just gets boring. I know, right? Like I, I love just watching someone else edit something and going, oh, oh, that's how they do it. Like I do it this way, but like, ooh, I want to try that. Like how do they do that? I know. I need to learn more editing. I need to watch more editing, other people's editing videos. Oh, I love editing. I love it. I have so many memberships. I have way too many. What do you, (laughs) besides Adobe? More for like educational memberships. I like so, because we've got so many teachers at the Milky Way and like incredible artists. And I'm always like, I always just want to know how people do things. So I'll just sign up for everybody's stuff and happily give my money and support teachers and learn stuff. Yeah. You're amazing. It's, it's so important to keep learning, even the basics. Yes. Because the basics even change, right? Like Lightroom is always coming out with new things, like the whole masking stuff and like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of like where we first started. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> it is kind of AI. Yeah. Right? It finds the sky for you. Yeah. Or the subject's eyes. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It is a little creepy, but I use it. I do too. I love it. So there's my line. There's my AI line. I like what Lightroom's dishing out. (laughs) I love it. Have you heard about their new one, Adobe Firefly? That's coming out. It is. They're coming out with their own AI. I've just signed up for the beta. So I'm curious because I'm so curious. Oh, where you can make images? I don't know. Like it sounds like you can make images and text. And I'm like very, just very curious about that. And I yeah. want to know about it before I use it. I Gosh, guess you're great. I love your, that is such a sign of a learner because I am so resistant to that. I'm just like, feel like old fashioned mm. that I don't, I'm just like, no, I don't want AI. So, yeah. I think just curious. And I'm like, how can I use this as a tool and not as something that is the be all? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like when when film camera came and digital ca- like digital cameras came. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, these amazing digital cameras that we are now putting on auto. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you shoot manual? Right. right. You don't like, even need to know how to shoot to get that. Yeah. It is kind of like cheating. Yeah. Like, but don't you want to know? <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah. Like, right. I want to know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your AI journey and. Yeah, delve into it a little bit. <laughs> I'm tip tiptoe anyway. So you ready for our lightning round? Sure. Okay. Oceans or mountains and why? Mountains because I love the seasons too much. Although I'm a mermaid heart and I love to swim. But I to live, I'm going to say mountains. What was your favorite TV show as a kid? I didn't really watch TV as a kid, but I loved the Disney movie, The Little Mermaid. My sister and I had a summer where we watched that movie every single day and memorized every word of that entire movie. We could recite the movie like on a car ride. I love that. My my sisters and I were like that with Grease and we can still like, we still know all the words. Yeah. That's long-term memory right there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Last thing you did for yourself as an indulgence. Went to Paris. That was indulgent. (laughs) What did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. Do you have any personal projects going on right now? And if you can share, what is it? I mean, I'm always working on like a personal flowers through the seasons project. I need to work on my project with my son. I have a measuring his height and hugs project that I do. And I need to update that because he's now taller than me. 
I guess those two. Those two are top of mind right now. Favorite guilty or not so guilty pleasure? Dark chocolate. Ooh, yum. And a glass of wine while I'm cooking dinner. Mm, nice. Next question. What's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner tonight? Um, oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make those fajitas. I think his name is What's his name on Instagram? David Prescott. I'll, I'll get back to you on his name. He's this amazing chef. And he made these pan fajitas where he put everything all in the pan, like veggies. And he, he used chicken. I'm a vegetarian, but he put chicken and then like paprika and all these spices and lime zest and lime and then put it in the oven and roasted it and then came out and put like this cheese sauce and stuff and then just scooped it up and put it in a tortilla. That's what I'm going to make for dinner tonight. Nice. I love it. We're making beef stroganoff. <laughs> oh, yum. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's comforting. Comfort food. What is something you've accomplished as an adult that your younger self would be proud of? Oh, that's a really nice question. My family, this safe house that I live in, my sweet husband, just this life, this safe, trauma-free. There's lots of traumas in life, but this, like, this safe home, I'm so proud of that. I love it. I love that. Where do you feel most authentically yourself? In the water when I'm swimming. What would your dream shoot be? You know, I feel like I get to do my dream shoots all the time, just under a big sky with beautiful light, or even in my studio when I'm creating beautiful light with flowers. Flowers, sky, light. Those are the ingredients for my perfect shoot. And then throw in a subject that I love and that's it. What has been the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? It came from one of my dearest friends. She's a, just a sister to me. Uh, she's a photographer. We met at a workshop many, many years ago, and she runs an incredible business. And she told me to value myself from the beginning. And that just became just imprinted in every single thing that I did for my business. And it has just shaped my whole career. What advice do you have for someone who's just starting out? Say no. Make sure you have your priorities set in your heart and keep them at the forefront of every single thing that you say yes to. So where can our listeners learn more from you? Uh, I announce everything on my Instagram, Smitten and Swoon. So any upcoming classes I have there, I have several things coming up. I have a class, as you mentioned right now, it's called for the love of light. And it's a video based, um, there's 18 videos. I, I show behind the scenes and edits of 15 images. I have a farm and fairy tale workshop that I, it's, it's sold out. It's in my backyard and it's going to be in August and September. I did two of them because there were so many people interested, which was amazing. So I'll probably do that again next year. And I have a business workshop actually coming out in a few weeks through Click Photo School as well. It's called The Art of Abundance and it's business strategies for the boutique photographer. So lots coming up. I'm coming, I'm going to click away teaching there. I love that. So I love to end my interviews just with this last question. And it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about? That's a good question. I wasn't prepared for this one. I think what I said before, what I'm trying to learn right now is just more advanced lighting. Just like really honing in on the fine-tuned details of how to shape light and how to how to really sculpt with light um, in a more fine-tuned way. That is something that I'm really curious about lately. And I'm 
trying to really pay attention to. Well, Deanne, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my beautiful friends, I hope you loved this conversation just as much as I did. I am sending you so much of my light and my love today and every single day. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Art and Soul Show. If you're the kind of person that likes helping others, please share this podcast with your photographer friends. Sharing is caring and it's our mission to help as many photographers create a business and life they are truly passionate about. I'm here to support you on your journey. And if you have any questions, topics, or guests you would love to hear from, please shoot me a note at lisa@themilkyway.ca, and we may even feature your question in an upcoming episode.